0: Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. Week two of this is just something that I I am really excited about. Some of you may not be as excited about it after I'm done talking, but it's going to be fun, all right? But uh, today, um, we're going to talk about a few things that I think are important. But before we do that, I, I kind of want to recap what I talked about last week. I think that we all have the same amount of time, right? Yes. Like that nobody gets extra time in a day. You all have the same amount. And what matters most is not the amount of time that you have, but it's what you do with the time that you have in a day. I've never heard somebody say, man, uh, like I wish I, I've heard people say this. I wish I had more time in a day but I've never known what they would do with that extra time. And I think so often we spend our lives trying to figure out how to get more time and we know that the Bible is very clear about time. Uh, and, and I'm gonna talk about that in a second, but today um, I just wanna encourage you, just to, if you take notes, if you, if you do anything, today is, is gonna to be vital for us um, as a church moving forward, but it's also gonna be vital for you personally. Uh, we are in a, a new year, and I always want to, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because those stop in January most of the time, and so like that's how gyms make all their money is in January. I talked about that last week. It's just the bottom line. They, they make a killing during January because uh, they lock you in, but over the next few weeks, I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to challenge you really hard. Uh, I'm going to encourage you, but as the leader of this church house, I I think that it is vital that we understand what it looks like to pray. That we understand what it looks like to seek the face of God. That we understand what it looks like for us to give up things so that we can grow spiritually, uh, personally as people. So first I'm going to start with our our main passage of scripture. It's kind of like a a base for all of this. But this is what it says in 2 Peter 1.3. It says, His divine power has given us everything required. For life and godliness through knowledge through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now his divine power has given us everything required. Do you know that you have enough time in a day to get done what you need to get done? You have enough. Uh, you have enough fiber in your being to do what God is calling you to do. Uh, you, he has given us everything we need and that is required for godliness and the knowledge who has called us. And I think so often we spend our lives wasting our time. We spend our lives being ineffective. And the reason is because we've forgotten that God has a plan for all of us. And he's given us the time, he's given us the measure, he's given us all the things that we need. All we have to do is just submit to what he wants for our lives last week, the first thing that I said, I said, I want us to stop being normal. Let's just stop being normal for once. Normal is crazy. Normal is, is on edge. Normal is this. When you're busy, I said this, you take I-35 to bypass all the stuff in the express lane. But here's what you forget, is that the express lane will eventually cost you. And some of us have been running our lives in the express lane, When sometimes God wants us to be just in the normal lane and I know I-35 is a terrible lane to be in, 820 is even worse and it's stop and go and it's touchy and people annoy you and people cut you off. But what if God's loudest voice would be in those moments instead of life in the fast lane? So I said, let's stop being normal. And then I said, let's not waste our time. Let's, Let's make as much as we can of the time that God has given us. So this week I wanna talk, about prayer. And I want to propose this question to you. um, And I want you, I bet you've you've asked this question, but it should pop up on the screen. It's this. I would love to pray more. I just don't know how. Anybody ever been there? I'd love to pray more. I just don't know how. I don't know what it looks like to talk to God. I don't know what it looks like to have a conversation with God. I don't know what it looks like to pray. I, I don't know what it looks like to even Uh, begin to talk to God. For those of you who are here in a part of our community, I I grew up, and you know this, in a house of prayer. I grew up in that house. My mom and my dad, they prayed. Man, they prayed good. They prayed loud. They they prayed with expectation. They were these type of people. I, I remember one time my dad... Um, my dad used to fall asleep in recliner all the time at the house or on the couch, watching TV, whatever it may be. And my, my aunt and uncle were coming into town. Well, my dad had fallen asleep on the couch and he woke up in the middle of the night and he kind of got down in like on his knees and, and was praying on the couch. What, what happened next was really funny because he fell asleep in that little prayer moment. So my aunt and uncle, they show up at the house in the middle of the night and when they walk in, they're like, oh, Cecil's in deep prayer. Like, he's, just, he's, he's in prayer. We don't want to bust. So they're like tiptoeing around, making sure they're not. And so the next morning when they wake up and they say, hey, man, we saw you last night. You were praying. And my dad's always an honest person. And he was like, yeah, I started praying and then I fell asleep. And I think oftentimes that's what we do with our lives. We, we, we start to pray or this we, we spend our lives in the fast lane. We spend our lives doing all these things. And, and I know you've done this before. You lay in your bed and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to talk to God for just a second. You say, God, I just pray. And you're asleep. It, it happens to all of us. It, we all have those moments where we have, have had prayer times where we've probably fallen asleep. Jesus' disciples, in case you're wondering, fell asleep on him. He needed people to have his back. They decided to take a nap. And so like he he had these kind of people. We're all these kind of people. But here's what I learned about my parents. I, I watched my parents pray. But did you know that I lived my relationship with God vicariously through my parents' prayers instead of my own? You've never been there where you're like, you know, I... My mom can pray and my dad can pray or maybe it's an aunt or an uncle or maybe you've never seen it. But but what I saw was I saw that my parents could pray but one thing that that I never learned was how to pray. I watched prayer. I never was actually involved in prayer. I saw prayer. We believed in healing. We believed that people could be uh, healed by God but like I never had a deep personal connection and a relationship with God. You know, I, I thought prayer could only happen on Sunday morning, right? I thought prayer could only happen on Sunday night. Well, for me growing up, prayer happened awful because we were at church all the time. It was like Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, revival, month long, two month long, whatever it may be. We are always in church. So prayer was just there. But I'm telling you, I lived my life with this idea of my parents are praying so I don't need to pray. As a matter of fact, I, I would say, I've seen a lot of prayer, but I don't know if I've participated in enough prayer. And I think a lot of us, we've probably watched people pray in our times. You know, oftentimes when we pray the most is when we are uh, broken the most. Right? And I think sometimes brokenness is what leads you to that moment of prayer. (laughs) I think sometimes we're like, God, what are you trying to get out of me? He's like, I'm trying to get you to have a relationship with me. And the only way that I can get that out of you is if I break you. And sometimes that brokenness will lead you to call on God in your moments. Sometimes that brokenness will lead you to be like, God, I need your help. God, I need a miracle. God, I need this. And then then this is what happens, though, is we tend to only go to God when we need a miracle instead of relationships. You know, all prayer is, is this. Prayer is just talking to God. You ever ask yourself this question? I need more direction in my life. I just, I just need more direction. I need, a, I need a, a global positioning system in my life. Can I tell you, you have access to one and his name is Jesus? I, I need somebody who will position me in the right places so that I can do the right things, so that I can live the right life, and and, and so I can be in the right spot. And the reality is, is this, is that prayer stems from a personal relationship with Jesus. And here's what I've learned about relationships. When you don't talk, your relationship suffers. Any married people in the house? Yeah, like when you don't talk, guess what happens? Your relationship suffers. When you don't communicate, your relationship suffers. When you don't know how to communicate, your relationship suffers. I am not a good communicator. I will be the first to admit that. I have to really work on communication. Matter of fact, going into 2020, I decided, you know what, I'm gonna be uh, a better communicator with my family and with my wife. And so I've been very, Open and talking and like a man is probably like, what is happening? Who are you? Why are you talking? Why are you talking so much? Like, now, like I spent years not talking. And now I'm talking too much. And so, like I, I, I'm trying to find the delicate balance of all of it. And and but really, if you do not have a relationship, now imagine if a man and I never talked. Would our relationship be good? No. If you never talk to God, your relationship with God will never be good. And that's all prayer is. It's it's communication. It's conversation. Maybe you're thinking, man, prayer is just really awkward. It is. I'll be first to say, prayer is awkward. I'll be the first to say when I get up in the morning and I'm, I'm trying to pray, it's just weird because God... At that moment, is not tangible. You can't see his face. You can't, it's like you're in a room, and you're just talking to nobody. You know? And the reality is, is that God hears your prayers. Remember, the Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. Prayer is the compass to the directions that you need in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but when I look at a GPS, sometimes it leads me astray. The good thing about God is that when I talk to that person on the GPS system because they made me turn wrong and I get mad at them, the good thing about God is that his compass is always pointing the right direction. Sometimes our compasses turn left and there's a bridge. You been there? Like, especially in DFW. And if you use Apple Maps, I'll have to forgive you later, and I love all Apple products, but (laughs) Apple Maps just will drive you right off a cliff. Literally, like, turn right. You're like, I'm on a bridge going over the top of everybody else. There's nowhere to turn. God's compass to your life may be through hell on earth sometimes but I promise you it is always pointing in a direction that was what's best for you and what's best for your relationship with him. I love one of my favorite authors. If you do not read any books, I'm going to encourage you to pick up any book written by a guy named Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson's a prolific writer. He's a pastor in DC. Um, He was one of the first people to start uh, a church in like theaters and movie theaters and it, blew up and like people now do movie theater churches because of him. He has uh, written multiple books. Uh, He has a book called The Circle Maker. I encourage you to do that. I don't even encourage you just to read The Circle Maker. It has a, there's a 40-day devotional guide that he has that is the best thing that I've ever read personally for my prayer life. Um, As a matter of fact, I I gave one away this last year of my own personal one to a a friend who attends our church now. And I said, you need this in your life. And and so like, um, I'm going to encourage you, Anything that Mark Batterson writes, I encourage you to pick it up because he is very um, bold and and real when it comes to prayer. But he says this, he says, God wants to get you where God wants you to go more than you want to get where God wants you to go. He wants to get you where you want to go more than you want to get there. The problem is, is if you do not communicate with him, you'll never get there. And prayer is important when it comes to life. Prayer is essential When it comes to life, and maybe you're here today, and you're thinking, "Man, God never answers my prayers." Been there. Well, if God is who He says He is, why didn't He just answer my prayer? why doesn't He make this, or why doesn't He uh, respond this way? My my suggestion would be this: that maybe your prayers are more about you than more about Him. Maybe you're praying the wrong things. Maybe. Maybe your prayers are are backwards. Maybe you're hearing and you think, God doesn't have time for my little prayers. No, God, as we read earlier, we said that his divine power has given us everything required. He has time. He made time. He listens to your prayers. He is there. He is listening when you think that he is not. Prayer is more effective when it isn't something we do every now and then, but when it becomes a lifestyle that we cultivate. I'm gonna repeat that because it's good, all right? Prayer is more effective when it isn't something we do every now and then, but when it's a lifestyle that we cultivate. You know, I put the emphasis on we. When it's a lifestyle that we cultivate, when it's something that we do as people, when it's something that it's the way we live our lives, prayer is essential when it comes to those Things. To understand how to have a lifestyle of prayer, we can look at the example of Jesus. Jesus was um, a praying machine. Matter of fact, he would spend days in prayer. He would walk from place to place and he would pray. And uh, the night before he was crucified, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying. He asked his disciples, I need you to come pray with me. They take a nap. He prays. The the Bible says that that he gets all the things that he needs from his Father. Like he is always in constant prayer. His earthly ministry was saturated with prayer. Matter of fact, when Jesus was on a cross, he looks up to the Father and he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. He ends his life with prayer. He begins his life with prayer and he ends it with prayer. He, he believes in the power of prayer. So today, I, I, I feel like I just wanna communicate just three simple things to you. I, I'm not talking uh, profound. I'm not talking over anybody's head today. Today is gonna be as simple as you can be when it comes to prayer, okay? So there are three things that I think that will help you be more consistent in your prayer. All right, so consistency matters, right? If you're not consistent, you'll never do it. Consistency matters. Number one is this, have a certain time. We make time for all kinds of things. We have a certain time that we wanna watch Netflix. We have a certain time that we want our kids to go to bed. We have a certain time that we wanna drink coffee. We have a certain time that we have to be at work. We have a certain time that we want to make a schedule for. We have a certain time that we want to do this. We have a certain time that we want to do that. And if you want to have a good relationship with God, you better have a certain time that you pray to him. Now, hear me out. Some people aren't morning people. Probably not a good time to pray in the morning if you're not a morning person. Here's why. You should be angry with God in the morning. If you're you're a person that needs at least two cups of coffee first, and that's, that's important. Get that in. Man shall not live by bread alone, but coffee. No, I'm just joking. Like, like, like make, make sure that you are have a time. Uh, my time is early in the morning. I'm not a morning person, but I have learned to enjoy this time. Maybe your time is at lunch. Maybe your time is in the morning. Maybe your time is in the evening. It doesn't matter when your time is as long as you make the time. Because it's time for us as a church to understand like, We've we've got to develop and cultivate a relationship with God. Here's what the Bible says. It says that very early in the morning, while it was still what? While it was still dark? Oh, no, hold on. Jesus, why are you getting up in the morning while it was still dark? It says that very early in the morning while it was still dark, he got up and he went out and he made his way to a deserted place. And there he was praying. Ah. A deserted place. Does this not sound miserable to anybody else? Very early in the morning before the sun's up, Jesus goes to a deserted place and he finds himself in prayer. You know, that that was Jesus' method. The good thing about it is that you're not Jesus, so you can do yours in the evening. You can do yours at lunch. Whatever it may be, all I ask is that you pray. And you may think, like, what am I supposed to pray Jesus got up early in the morning. He spent time with his heavenly father. He was doing all these things. Here's what I want you to understand. What am I supposed to pray? The easiest thing, make a checklist. It's simple, like make a checklist. I need to pray for this, this, and this. And then I encourage you, pray for one minute over each thing on your checklist. And guess what you will do? You will have spent 10 minutes with God that day. I hate checklists. I do, I don't like them. They stress me out. For some people, they make them feel great. They stress me out. It makes me look at all the things that I have to get done. But Here's what I've realized. If I don't make that list, and I don't have those certain things. Then I will spend less time with God. I mean, you're like, man, like one minute, one minute's nothing, y'all. You spend one minute researching. You'll spend one minute scrolling through your phone on Facebook and you will have known everything that's going on in everybody's lives in one minute. You'll spend one minute, you know, doing anything. You'll spend one minute putting a shirt on. You'll spend one minute looking at yourself in the mirror just to make sure you look good enough to go to work. You will spend minutes scheduling and prioritizing everything that you need except for what you need most, and that is God. Spend a minute. You you don't have to like, like, I'm not asking you to spend an hour in your day in prayer. And here's why, because none of us can do that. I'm not asking you to do that. All I'm asking you is to create a time. Create a time where you can connect with God. I find it interesting that we can schedule appointments with everybody else, except for what matters most. And I think going into 2020, I realized that I have scheduled so many things in my life that were unimportant. And the most important things got away from me. That was my relationship with God. You're like, wait, you're the pastor. Yep, it happens. Like you can get in the business and the busyness of church and you, you look at everything else and you forget what matters most. You know, you, you start reading the Bible. I started reading the Bible out of preparation instead of renewal. You, you, I was like, oh, I gotta get, so my Bible reading became, well, I gotta preach a sermon. So that's my Bible reading. It's not my Bible reading. That's, that's what I do. It's not who I am. I am a, I'm a person that has to have a, a relationship with God. So have a certain time of the day. Simple, right? Practical. Have a certain time. Morning, lunch, evening, brunch, dinner. I, I don't care what the time is, just create it. The second thing that I think will help you in your prayer life is to have a certain place. Now this one gets a little bit more difficult because then you're like, well, I'm at my house. Is there a certain have a certain room? Have a certain table, have a certain routine. Um, Jesus, was he had a a certain place where he went to pray. The Bible said it was deserted. (laughs) He left, and he went to a place, and he found his place. He was was in this place that designated him, that helped him remove distraction. Find a place that will remove distraction from you. This is going to be big, okay? I'm not going to ask you to do this um, unless you're really committed, but find a place where your phone will not distract you if you take your phone into your prayer life, turn off all the notifications for that time if you need to. Email, anything you need to do. Whatever you got to do to build the relationship, you do it. Take those away. Do everything you can. Find a place to pray. Sometimes mine's on my couch. Mine's in my house. And I, I'm trying to, this is one that I'm navigating right now personally. Where's my prayer place? Is it at our table? Is it, you know, is it outside? Is it, right now it's for sure not outside. It's 30 degrees outside. Like, is it, is it in this place? Is it in this space? Where, where do I need to pray? And I, I'm working on that. I, I'm trying different locations, okay? I'm at the table one day. I may stay in the room one day. I, I'm, I'm trying to find that place where I'm distracted, where I'm not distracted, where I'm distraction free. Remove distractions from your life. Have a certain place. The third thing is this. Have a certain plan. I think oftentimes we are afraid to pray to God because we don't have a plan. Like we don't have a, a, a way of connecting to God. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he gave them a prayer outline. Did you know that? He gave them a prayer outline, and it's, uh, he, he, he talks about it a lot in Scripture. And he says, this outline, as we pray every day, our plans for our prayer's time can vary they can include worship music, okay? Like, just find this plan, all right? I'm gonna ask you this. Uh, when's the last time you prayed and you had some worship music in the background? Hmm, maybe worship music distracts you, that's okay. When's the last time you prayed and it was just silent? You know that God's voice is loudest when you're quietest? When was the last time you, you had a, a plan? When's the last time you had a quiet time to listen to God? Are you spending your life running a race that will get you nowhere and cost you more than what God has for you? My encouragement is this, is that not everybody's prayer life has to look the same. It doesn't. It can look different. Maybe you're married and you you think, you know what, I want us to pray together. Like maybe that may be something. Maybe you pray individually. Maybe, maybe it's before you go to work, you hold your wife's hand and you say, God, I just pray that she have a great day today. Something simple. I think that we've made up this really crazy idea that we have to have the most deep theological words involved in our prayers. And what God wants us to have is just a relationship. Prayer Changes things. So here's what I'm going to tell you guys. For the next 21 days, I want to encourage you to pray. But not only am I going to encourage you to pray, I'm going to encourage you to fast. And you're like, oh gosh, he's talking about food. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about food. You don't have to fast food. Um, I will be the first seven days um, and then my, my fasting will change. Here's one of the things I've learned about God, that if I would touch the heart of God, that God would touch the heart of men. If I'd be willing to do things that nobody else would do, that we would be able to reach people nobody else is reaching. So fasting looks like this. Maybe there's something in your life that is keeping you from a relationship with God. And don't blame it on your spouse. Not keeping you from a relationship with God. You're keeping you from a relationship with God. Don't blame it on your kids. They're not keeping you from a relationship with God. You're keeping you from a relationship with God. Don't blame it on your job. Your job's not keeping you from a relationship with God. You have all the time you need. This year I went to a, a church conference called Grow. It was about how to create a system to grow a church. Um, and I got to go in on a Saturday morning where thousands of people gathered to pray at this church on a Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. Like, what? That's crazy. No, that's godly. They, they wanted to reach their city. And they created all these things and we're going to do some things over the next few weeks that may make you uncomfortable but I'm okay with you being uncomfortable if you're in the will of God so here over the next few weeks we're going to create some prayer cards that we're going to be in seats and you can write a prayer need that you need it'll be split down the middle and on the other side there'll be prayers that have been answered and we'll take those up every week and I personally am going to pray over those I'm going to ask people who have helped me um, in the launching of this church. We're going to pray over those needs. And then when those needs are answered, and here's the deal, it it may not be immediately, but when those needs are answered, we're going to celebrate them publicly so that you can understand that God is still a prayer answering God. Amen. Like that he still answers prayers, but consistency matters in that. So while we were at the conference, I, I picked up this book, and next week, all of you guys, anybody who attends our church, you're gonna have this book that says, Pray First. This book is not a, a, um, a guide on like when to do your prayers, um, it's just a guide on how you can pray. In here, it's like creating a lifestyle of prayer. How can you create a lifestyle of prayer? There's different models of prayer in the Bible the Lord's Prayer, there's a, in the Old Testament, there was the Tabernacle Prayer. There was, you can pray scripture. You can uh, have spiritual warfare prayers. There's all, there's all kinds of ways that we pray. And next week you'll all have these. And then today, honestly, after church, if you want to, you can go download this digitally off of our website. You can just have it on your phone. But what I found is that sometimes phones, it can just become a passing thing. But when you have something physically in your hand, it will help you. And so you're, you're all gonna, Anybody who comes, these will be available to you for free. You not to pay for them, they're just for you. And, and what'll happen is um, you can learn to pray. Uh, it's super simple. As a matter of fact, today's message was so convicting to me that it came from the very first part of this book. Find a time, find a place, have a plan. It's the very first part of this book. And you may be thinking like, Fasting and prayer is something that's new to me. I'm not sure about this whole fasting and praying thing. Here's my encouragement to you. I'm going to ask you to take a little bit of a risk. Maybe God wants to do something in your life that's miraculous that you were too selfish to pray for. Maybe God wants to do something great in your life, but you were unwilling to sacrifice. I've watched my um, in-laws got an early start on their fasting. It's been uh, it's been cool to hear them talk about you know, no carbs or no such and such or whatever it may be, and uh, no social media. And, and I think that that says a lot about who they are as people, that they are willing to sacrifice things for, for each other and for God. It, maybe, maybe you're that person, you're like, you know what? Facebook is just killing my life. Take 21 days away from it and see what it does for your life. Maybe you're that person and you're like, man, I have a problem and it's called food. That would be me. All right? I love food. I want to eat it all the time. Like, all the time. And here's what I've learned that if I will sacrifice some things to get closer to God, God will reveal things in my life. Plans that I never dreamed or imagined. Plans that only He can reveal. So next weekend, I want, I want you to use this prayer guide. I also want you to download it off of our website. But more importantly, I want you to know that prayer is effective and that it works. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know what to do. Um, here's a resource for you, okay? It should pop up on the screen. You can take a picture of it. You can write this down. Um, 21days.churchofthehighlands.com. Now, Church of the Highlands is a great church in Alabama. They're kind of the, the people who started this 21-day thing and on there are two tabs, fasting and praying. They'll give you every resource you need to fast and to pray. How to do it. Like, how do I fast? Like, I don't know what that looks like. You you may not know what that looks like. Maybe it's it's giving up, fasting is this, giving up something that's important to you to grow closer to God. You can click on that. There'll be links, there'll be uh it's the coolest thing. I was looking through the other day. If you're thinking like you have to do this long, there is a link for your kids in there. How to pray with your kids for 21 days. I'm actually gonna download the PDF and I'm gonna do it at my house with my kid. For 21 days, we're gonna, we're gonna try to work this out to where we find and make time for what's important. 21 days of prayer. I promise you this, it's a, it's a guarantee. If you will take the time, 21 days I promise you, if you sacrifice for 21 days, God will do more in your life in that 21 days than he's done in your entirety of your life right now. But you gotta take the step to do it. You gotta take the step. My goal is that we even have prayer cards for our kids. So our kids can have write down prayer requests. What are some things that you're praying for as a as a kid? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. I'm telling you guys, like this deep sense of conviction has been stirring in my soul for a while. And I don't want to look back on my life and say I had the opportunity to sacrifice something for God. But I was too selfish. And I thought that my plans were better than his plans. And I don't want you to miss your life doing the same thing. God may reveal to you that you're going to to give more this year. He may be revealing to you that you're going to attend more. God may be revealing to you that you're going to be a part of something that's greater. It is time for us to fast and pray. Find a time, find a place. One of our values at this church is that prayer is our foundation. And yet, oftentimes we spend our lives without that being the foundation of what God has called us to do. Today may have been one of the most practical, simple messages that I have preached in our service. And you probably have thought, well, maybe there's a lot more, there's a lot worse out there. But I'm telling you, Without it, we will stay as we are. And here's the deal. I don't want to grow a church for me. I want to grow a church for God. And I shared with our team this morning that set up that spent year one growing a church for me. And I think I'm I'm done with that. I don't think I know I'm done with that. I will spend my year in 2020 focusing on things that matter most. My relationship with God, my family. And after that, there's not much more to think about for me at this point in time. I believe that if I grow those things, if we healthily love Jesus and we healthily love our families, God will do the rest. We were in Galveston right before we ported our cruise ship. We were there for a long time because fog set in and we were stuck, which allows you for some time. (laughs) And down in Galveston, I got a chance to walk on the beach. Um, We were all doing separate things. Something about the beach that like, like just tells you just like how great God is. You see just nothing but water and all this. It's just so amazing. And I was walking and I'd been praying. I said, God, I just don't know what to do. Like, I, I need your help. What am I, what's what's the next step? Where where are we going? What are we doing? How are we gonna do this? Now I'm not a person who's like, oh, like God spoke audibly to me. Um, but I'll say this. I don't think I've ever felt God say this more. He said this, he said, here's what I want you to do this year. I want you to take care of your family. I'll take care of the church. And I said, okay, God. I don't don't know what that means, but okay, God. At the end of the day, I just wanna live an obedient life. And so this year, man, I'm so pumped. Not only about my family, I'm pumped about what God wants to do in this church. I'm telling you, but I'm, I'm pumped about what God wants to do in your life. Personally, what does God want to do in your life? What things does he want you to accomplish this year? Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.